KMTT, Kimitzion Titzei Torah. Today is the 27th day of Elul, Chavzayin Elul, Wednesday. We have the weekly shir of Harav Moshe Taragin in the Yudgimom Midot HaRachamim, the 13 attributes of mercy. Today's shir is dedicated in memory and the Ilui Nishmata of Ini Morati Harini Kaparat Mishkava, Shena Bat Harav Shraga Yehuda, whose yard site, whose first yard site falls today. And now I have Taragin. The next Midah is the trait of Rav Chesed. Rav typically means that a Kodesh Baruch Hu, um, increases, provides plentiful, large quantity or volume of the particular item which the word Rav is qualified. And in this case, of course, we're describing a Kaddish Baruch Hu's Chesed. It's a very interesting Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara poses a stira between the trait of Rav Chesed and the next trait, the ensuing trait of Emes. How could these two traits appear side by side, literally juxtaposed in the Yud Gimomidah? So the Gemara says, how can they appear? So the Gemara paraphrases a well-known Medrash that initially a Kaddish Baruch Hu intended to construct a world based on truth and accuracy and mishpat and din. And ultimately, when he saw that the world could not survive solely on din, Sarkadosh Baruch Hu um, recreated the world, or shifted the world, to a baseline of chesed, of kindness and of compassion. Which is what is interesting about this um, Gemara, is that the Gemara believes that the term Rav Chesed, and the word Emes for that matter, though listed in the Yud Gibomidos, may be referring to the Chesed with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu manages our world beyond the narrow parochial confines of tshuva or of judgment. Perhaps these traits, which carry a more universal, almost theological flavor, are listed within the 13 Midos, but don't relate specifically to tshuva, but in a more general sense, the providential um, maintenance of our world by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world with chesed, sustains the world through chesed, mechakel chayim bechesed, mechayim esim berachamim rabim. Perhaps the Pasuk most commonly associated with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is both creating our world and sustaining our world through the um, strategy of chesed is the Pasuk in Tehillim Peites, Ki Amarti, Olam Chesed Yibonah, the world was fashioned through Chesed. Perhaps another Pasuk in Tehillim Chafei, Kol Archos Hashem Chesed VMS. Here again a Pasuk which juxtaposes two seemingly contradictory terms of Chesed and Emes. However, it's probable that the word Chesed in particular, Rav Chesed, despite its global meaning, carries particular meaning to the process of tshuva and more specifically to the experience of being judged of facing a Yom Hadin in front of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah on Daf Yud Zayin Amad Beis cites a more specific interpretation of the word chesed, of the word Rav chesed. Mate klape chesed. Mate probably means Hashem inclines or tilts our judgment in a favorable manner, in a favorable outcome towards a favorable verdict. Mate, klape chesed. Here again, the Gemara is a bit vague as to how exactly HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
tilts our judgment, what exactly is involved. Um, there's an interesting um, medrash in the beginning of Shmos, Shmos Rabba, Parsha Beis, Medrash Aleph, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mistakel Betov Velo Bera. HaKadosh Baruch Hu notes our positive qualities, our potential, our successes, and doesn't uh, fixate upon our weaknesses and our failures. Something which I mentioned a few years ago, that part of the strength and power of these 13 Midos as a Tfilah, carrying a guarantee for Hashem's response, is not just that reciting these traits um, augments or deepens our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and renders us more deserving of His mercy and of His compassion, but reciting and internalizing these traits and living up to their expectations and pursuing a divine source of morality which conditions our own moral experience and moral behavior. Displaying these traits in our interactions with others renders us more suitable, more deserving of receiving those same traits and those same conditions for our own experiences with HaKadosh Baruch The more rational approach of Midah Kineged Midah is Hashem delivers not just rewards and punishments in the doses, in the dosage which we deserve, but ultimately the rewards and punishment are direct outcomes and results of our own behaviors. If we condition a world in which we focus on people's positive traits rather than on their negative traits and flaws, then we'll be naturally deserving of similar treatment and similar mercy from HaKadosh Baruch Unfortunately, that's part of our own challenge. Typically, we judge ourselves by our potential and our friends by their achievements. When in truth, the opposite should be true. We should judge ourselves harshly by our achievements and judge others more favorably by their potential. With the assumption, of course, that potential is always more favorable than achievements. Potential always carries more promise than reality and certainly past reality. So this is a medrash in Parsha Shmos. Mistakiel betov lo the Vilna Gon, several instances in his Perushim on Tanakh, and his Perush on Yonah, in Parak Dalet, mentions that Kadosh Baruch was willing to accept our tshuva even a day before a person dies. Kadosh Baruch awaits even to the day of death, allowing a person to perform tshuva, perhaps evoking the very famous images of the children of Korach, whose um, opportunity for tshuva wasn't merely delayed until the day they died, but point to Chazal was delayed until they were actually falling into the depths of the abyss and they experienced remorse and regret and their tshuva was accepted staving off their elimination um, in Yeshaya Paragimel the Vilna Gon believes that Mate Klape Chesed refers not just to the um, schedule of tshuva or the readiness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to accept tshuva even if it's significantly delayed but even when HaKadosh Baruch Hu doles out an onesh, he's manish b'chesed he punishes us for our failures with sensitivity, moderation, compassion, recognizing our human incapacity to accept the full brunt of our deserved punishment. So um, there may be specific angles to Rav Chesed, particularly within the process of chait and of recovery. However, the Gemara also mentions a third slant and that is particularly within judgment. I spoke before about general chesed and creating and maintaining the world. Specific chesed within some aspect of tshuva, favoring or, or highlighting our favorable parts, delivering onshim, once Hashem decides to punish us in a moderate, balanced fashion, delaying judgment until tshuva perhaps is enabled. But the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah Tezayin, a little bit before the previous statement of Mate Klape Chasid, a little bit earlier, the Gemara says, 
Mate Lekafschus. The specifics of the Gemara is as follows. Beishamai claims that there are three different groups who appear before HaKadosh Baruch Hu in judgment. The Sadiqim, the Rishayim, and the Benonim. Sadiqim, of course, are, are um, already secured to a future in Olam Haba. The Rishayim are already delivered to Gehenim. And the Benonim, Beishamai says, await a very, very uh, unfortunate fate as well. Beishamai responds, and obviously a much more, one could call it liberal, and tolerant view. Basilo Amrim Rav Chesed, our phrase Rav Chesed, Mate Klape Chesed. They're Benonim, so their judgment is very, very tenuous. Their scorecard, their balance, is very, very tenuous. So Hashem is Mate Klape Chesed, specifically in judgment. The previous statements were Hashem waits for tshuva, Hashem punishes mercifully. Here it refers to Hashem's activity during the moment of judgment. According to Moses, we've shown him not the judgment of Rosh Hashanah as much as the ultimate judgment after Tchias HaMesim, which determines our eternal fate. What does it mean, Mate Klape Chesed? So the Gemara continues, Mate Klape Chesed, a few lines later, Hechi Avid. How precisely does the Kodesh Baruch Hu tilt our final judgment in a manner which may be favorable to those who are in a very, very delicate situation? Shabbalazer Omer Kovshel. Hashem suppresses certain chataim. Hashem bears the chataim. It's uh, fascinating to think of the difference between Hashem suppressing a chait or bearing it, between Hashem being kovish a chait or being nosei a chait. What's even more fascinating, and in many ways controversial, is the next strategy for mate klape chesed bedin. Tana deveria bishmael. Mavir Rishon, Rishon. Hashem literally pops off one chait from the stack. And this is a very important phrase, which oftentimes we recite, we obviously recite it repetitively, but oftentimes we're not aware of the full connotations. During the course of the next couple of weeks, as we recite Slichos and Tfilos and Yud Gibonidos and Yom Kippur, We'll be reciting Kel Melech Yoshev Akisei Rachamim as an introduction to the Yirgimomidos. Misnaheg Bachasidus, Mochel Avanos Amau, Ma'avir Rishon Rishon. This is a direct um, reference to Rabbi Shmuel's statement in the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Ma'avir Rishon Rishon. And there's great, great debate amongst Rishonim as to the full connotations of Ma'avir Rishon Rishon. Most believe that we're referring to a particular chait, probably in reference to a person whose overall lifestyle, overall behavior is uh, righteous and pious. But there may have been a particular chait which he failed in, in which he experienced um, limited success. And in that case, given the context of his overall appropriate behavior, HaKadosh Baruch Hu um, ignores the chait or uh, overlooks the chait in rendering judgment. Just to highlight the difficult nature of this statement, because of course we can't believe that Hashem completely ignores reality. Whoever says HaKadosh Baruch Hu just ignores our Chataim. So he, he, that is theological heresy. A person will receive a terrible Onesh, Gemara says. Just to highlight the controversial nature of the statement, Rava adds a suffix to the statement of Ma Virishan Rishan Rabbi Ishmael. Amma Rava the Gemara continues in Yazayin Amar Aleph. Va'avonat smo enonimchak. That one chait that Hashem is willing to pop off the stack 
that one chayt is not erased, it's waived. If a person has ultimately more sins than merits, then that sin itself is calculated amongst the sins, but presumably if a person has a balanced ledger, then that first chayt, or perhaps first chayt, in each area of Avodah Hashem, assuming it's innocuous and innocent, that chayt is carried over by a Kodesh Baruch Hu, though not entirely erased. Just to highlight the provocative nature of the statement of Rabbi Shmuel without elaborating it in too great detail because it's a very, very extensive debate amongst Rishonim. This is obviously a very um, flammable type of issue. The Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva Paragimel Lachahei delivers two tremendous chidushim in um, appreciating or illustrating this midah. B'Shah Sheshoklin Avonos Adonim of the Rambam writes whenever a person's Avonos and Mitzvahs are judged and it seems to suggest a yearly role or yearly function for Maver Rishon Rishon in line with our own recitation of Maver Rishon Rishon within our Slichos that's the first Chiddush in the Rambam and the Ravid has a sharp disagreement with that so the first two sins the Rambam writes based on the Lashon of Maver Rishon Rishon the first two sins are not calculated only the third sin if calculating from the third sin onward leads to a person whose chataim um, are greater, then those two sins count. They're not ignored, as Rava said. But if by calculating from sin number three onward, a person's merits are greater than his demerits, greater than his crimes, so then all of his sins are erased. Because the third sin then becomes number one, because the first two were waived, and the fourth sin becomes number two, and those are waived. And a person ultimately has all of his sins erased in successive fashion. This, of course, is a very, very controversial statement and elicited much disagreement. The Rifid is quite, um, quite irate at the Rambam's very, very liberal read of the Yom Hadin. But for our own purposes, suffice it to say that Mate Klape Chesed beyond the general patterns of chesed in the universe and beyond the general compassion with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks towards our tshuva and our process of recovery is a specific clemency which is exercised during the Yom HaDin probably according to Mas Rishonim the ultimate Yom HaDin which in some fashion allows Hashem to tilt our judgment in favor of um, a, a um, healthy and innocent verdict not a guilty verdict the next Midah, the Midah of Emes, I mentioned before, is in many ways a contradiction to the Midah of Chesed. Emes refers to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's process of, of Din, of truth and exacting, exacting honesty, um, which would make it a strange candidate for inclusion in Yigimah Midas. Perhaps this is not really the type of Midah which we want to highlight when seeking Hashem's mercy and performing Tshuva. Which leads many Rishonim, Rashi in particular, in his parish Alatara, to suggest that Emes here refers to Hashem's reliability and dependency in delivering schar to those who fulfill his wishes. Rashi's exact language is, L'shalim schar tov liose ritzono, that Hashem is trustworthy. Hashem's promises are eternal and everlasting. There's an interesting Ramban in Bereshis Paraglamid Beis in which the Ramban writes, Ki ha-chasadim ha-kayamim 
Yikru Emes. Chesed that Hashem shows us, which is durable and reliable, is called Emes. Kihi Migzeras Amana, reliable, to be trusted. Ketam Vineman Beischa Umamlachtaha Admiod. David is told that his house and his dynasty will be durable and enduring. So presumably, though the word emes in a general sense refers to aspects of a Kurdish Baruch who's Midas Hadin, its inclusion in the Yudgibo Midas may suggest a secondary but more relevant connotation of Hashem's reliability in delivering schar. Um, Pasuk and Micha, which we recite every day during Uvalitzion, Titain Emes Liakov, Chesed Leavraham, Asher Nishbata Lavoseinu, Micha Peregzayin. So here, in some ways, Emes and Chesed are paralleled. Titain Emes Liakov, Chesed Leavraham, Asher Nishbata Lavoseinu. So perhaps Emes has a dual, dual functions. Sometimes it functions as an antonym to Chesed, sometimes it functions as a parallel to Chesed. In this case, for all sorts of reasons, Yaakov's schar is described as emes, and Abraham's is chesed. But certainly in this pasuk, the emes doesn't connote harsh miras hadin and unyielding, exacting justice or judgment. The next midah after the term emes, notzer chesed lalafim, refers to schosavos, brisavos, hakadosh baruch hu um, preserving. Zechuyos for thousands of generations. Now there's all sorts of machloksin as to how long alafim may be. Doesn't mean a thousand or two thousand years, doesn't mean two thousand generations. Um, but either way, the Gemara and Shabbos on Dafnun Hay lodges a very, very astounding claim which throws the relevancy of this Midah into question. Gemara Shabbos Daf Nun and Aleph claims Tamaz Chusavos all the merits, all the credit that the Avos accumulated throughout their historic lifetimes have already expired. Tama they have concluded Chusavos. Again, there are questions as to at what point Tamaz Chusavos. But clearly, the Gemara is operating, and we certainly can operate under those assumptions. That Chusavos is no longer available. How do we reconcile the Gemara statement in Shabbos with our own continued reliance on Tzchus and our own mention of our interest in reliance on Tzchus and Yugi Amidas? How can we utter, not Chesed Lalafim, we honestly believe that Avos and their Tzchus have expired? Talsmos and Shabbos pose this question, and Talsmos cites two different responses, one in the name of the Rabbeinu Tam, and one in the name of the Re. Rabbeinu Tam claims a distinction, a very interesting distinction, between schusavos and brisavos. Schusavos refers to merit, behavior, expected reward, and deferred reward to generations and generations of descendants. Brisavos refers not to actual re- reward and credit, but to a covenant, an oath, a bilateral covenant between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and the Avos by extension between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His people. So even though the Gemara claims that we no longer have the merit of the fathers, we certainly can fall back upon the bris which HaKadosh Baruch Hu enacted with the Avos. And he cites the Pasuk in the end of the Tochacha in Parshas Bechol Kosai, V'zacharti is brisi Yaakov, V'yaf is brisi Yitzchak, 
Yafis Brisi Avraham Eskor Viharetz Eskor, a Pasuk which caps the Tohacha, a Pasuk which refers to the return from Galos, probably from Galos Bavel, the first Tohacha in Parshas Bechakos, I presumably refers to Galos Bavel, whereas the second Tohacha in Parshas Kisavo refers to the longer, more extended Galos. But this is the Rabbeinu Tam's solution, and presumably Notzachasa Lalafim, we should be we should be considering the Bris Avos, perhaps in the absence of Schos Avos. The Re, the Ben Yitzchak has a different read. Ben Yitzchak claims that Schos Avos only expire in a vicarious sense. The Avos lived heroic lives, obeying a Kaddish Baruch Hu, creating history, and their zechuyos linger for their descendants and at a certain point expire and their expiration has already been realized but that refers to vicarious um, um, invocation of their zechuyos what about a person who adheres to their lifestyle who follows in their footsteps who is sensitive to the life of the avos from that situation the re says zechus avos continues for someone who doesn't adhere to the lifestyle of their father they may have points accumulated, but at a certain stage those points will expire. The person who maintains their lifestyle to a degree rejuvenates or refreshes the schosavos on a constant basis. And the re actually relates to our question in the end of Tosos, Dibra Maschal Ketzef, the re says, This is the reason why we mention schosavos. He quotes the Medish in the end of Veikor Rabbah, Reb Achom, Reli Olam, Schosavos Kayemis. Schosavos is everlasting. Reli Olam, Anu Maskir, Nasan. And we always have the right to mention them, in this case, mentioning them in the Hirgim Omidas. There's a third solution, which stems from an interesting statement cited in the Tor, in our Achayim, Sivin Kuf Yud Gimel. The Tor claims that even if Schosavos expires, when it refers to the experience of redemption and of Geula, Schosavos can never expire. Hashem essentially promised the Avos, number one, that their children would enjoy the benefits which accrued as a result of their lifestyle, but also would have a unique place in history, and even when falling into exile and into national suffering, would be redeemed. That set of Zechuyos never expires. And this is basically how the Torah explains the conclusion to the first initial section of Shemon Esrei, the Zocher Chasdei Avos, Umevi Goel Levnei Venehem, Leman Shemo Biahava. Hashem remembers the merits of our fathers, the historical lifestyle they led, they didn't just lead a religious, obedient lifestyle, but they had a sense of Jewish history, everywhere they marched, everywhere they went, was with an eye to blazing the trail of Jewish history. They worried about the Jewish national fate. Brisbane Abbasarim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, created the sense of Jewish history and the difficult journey, and Avram and his children accepted that challenge. And that experience, that experience typically doesn't fade. So the Torah's answer is that when it comes to the experience of Geula, there is no expiry date for Tzchus it's a very interesting Ramban in Parsha Shlach. Moshe invokes these 13 Midos which Hashem taught him. Moshe begins to utilize them when he prays for the survival of the Jewish people after the Chet HaMaraglim. 
wasn't deprived of the Yud Gimomidos prior to the Chedegel, so he wasn't able to daven on behalf of Am Yisrael through Yud Gimomidos. But during the Chet HaMaragli, Moshe was already versed in the Yud Gimomidos. So he mentions most of the Yud Gimomidos, but one Midah he omits. Actually, several, but one of the Midos he omits is the Midah of Notzer Chesed Lalafim. So the Ramban questions why Moshe deleted this trait. The Ramban explains the deletion of Notzer Chesed Lalafim in a very, very chilling fashion. He writes, Philohiskir Betzvilazos Li Avraham Li Yitzchak Yaakov Klal. He didn't mention the Avos, Notzer Chesed Lalafim, nor the Avos by name. Bavor Sha'aretz Nitnali Avosim Mehem Yeshua. Because the land was given to the Avos as part of the process of redemption. The Haim and these Miraglim Mordim Ba'avosam rebelled not just against God or didn't just defy Israel, but they rebelled against the Avos by disgracing Eretz Yisrael. For Lohayu Chafetzim Bimatanashelohem, they dismissively rejected the great gift of the land of Israel that Hashem offered them. Asher Ha'avos Hayu Bochrim Ba'amaod a gift which the Avos craved and coveted. Namely, mentioning Bris Avos, Chus Avos, mentioning the Avos at all, at this juncture of history would have been hypocritical. Because Moshe was praying on behalf of Miraglim, who had outright rejected the land of Eretz Yisrael, or scorned it, and by scorning the land of Israel, they were in effect scorning the Avos. So they may have been candidates for all sorts of other Midos HaRachamim, but Moshe can't possibly pray on their behalf by mentioning Zchus A very important statement about how we pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, particularly in the modern context where we have the opportunity to receive and to celebrate and to improve the gift HaKadosh Baruch Hu has delivered to us and Mirz um, Hashem is the Yemen Naram are upon us and we recite Natsach HaSad it should be on the one hand a reminder to our own commitment to this land and to the spirit of the Avos who coveted this land and um, hopefully for those uh, should be a source of pride they were able to stand in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and supplicate and petition Shos because Baruch Hashem we've shown so much commitment and Hashem should give us the strength to show more commitment to building this land and to promoting Jewish redemption